Merry Christmas, everyone. That wasn't rhetorical. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, you're with us. We are so glad you're here. You can grab your seats. We're gonna open the service with a special song here. So come on in, get settled in. And I wanna encourage you to open your hearts and to open your eyes to see what God is doing in the room. We welcome you here to our four o'clock service, Christmas Eve at New Life Church. Let's listen to this beautiful song.
Christmas. Can we stand together all over this place? Let's rise to our feet if you can. Come on, let's lift our voices. We own all this one. Angels, we have heard on high. Angels, do we have it on high? Sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply.
Amen. Aren't you glad you came to the house of God on Christmas Eve? It's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. I want to invite you right now to just, just a moment of stillness. I know some of us still got to go back on Amazon and see if something can come by tomorrow, and I'm not judging you at all. It's a safe place. But I just want to invite you to just a moment of calm, away from all the noise, to a manger, to a stable, where Christ Jesus is born. Shut out all the noise and embrace this moment with reverence, with peace, and with worship.
I want you to think about what's happening in this room right now. We got some little kids that are hoping maybe tomorrow they'll go under the tree and maybe that Nintendo Switch will be there. <laughs> this second service, I got to hug a man and pray with a man who's having his first Christmas without his wife of 50 years. A widower coming in here singing, somehow, someway, God's gonna make it right. Second service, a seven-year-old girl sat right here, Eleanor, and she just finished her last chemo treatment. She's the bravest seven-year-old girl I know in Colorado Springs, and she was here worshiping Jesus and going for it. Give it up for Eleanor. Got people who've been through the highest highs and the lowest lows this year, and here we are in the same room. And, and we just sang, truly he taught us to love one another. If the church can't care for one another, if we can't look each other in the eyes and say, I love you, if we can't stand with each other as we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I quit, right? But here we are tonight and we're looking at each other. We're saying, we love you. We're with you. We're together. And so what I want us to do real quick is to take 30, 45 seconds. Some of you are with children. Some of you are with friends. Some of you are with roommates. You've got a spouse. Grandparents flew in for this moment. I want you to just take a second where you are. And, and maybe you're just with someone that you're getting to know. Just say, the Lord loves you. Say, I love you. Say, God is with you. Can you take 45 seconds and be kind in Jesus' name? Truly, he taught us to love one another. You're doing good, class. Now come on back in together. Don't sit down yet, don't sit down yet. I'm sorry, I'll let you sit down in just a minute. Just hang tight with me. Now we're coming to the time in the service where we regularly give of our tithes and offerings. And the second part of that second verse says, chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. The church is meant to be the church with and for each other. We've got to take care of one another here in the body of Christ, but the church is also for the world. And so as we give today, I think about the Ukrainian family that came in for the second service. It's their first time here and they're new to America. And you can imagine this Christmas being away from home. And they walked in and they saw their flag, the first thing they saw, and they started crying. And we've been sending aid over there into Ukraine. Why? Because the people of God are committed to helping break the chains and all oppression shall cease one day. Can you say amen, church? So as we come to give, I want us to pray over these gifts and ask the Lord to take these gifts and make them a blessing in our city and around the world. Let's pray. Lord, make us your people all over again. Help us to love one another. Help us to stand with one another. Help us to care for one another. And Lord, as we give these gifts, we pray that the hungry in Colorado Springs would be fed. 
We pray that the, the, the homeless would be sheltered, that, that the sick would be healed. We pray that the prisoners would be visited and cared for. Lord, let these gifts go to bring joy all over our region and around the world. We give you these gifts. Change shall he break. For the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. And all God's people said, amen. Now would you take your seats? There's four ways to give. You see that on the screen. But as we go forward in our giving, I want you to listen to this beautiful song. Receive this song as a gift.
Let's give it up for these singers, the band. How about our orchestra and the choir? And our production team, tech team. It takes a lot to do this. So proud of these guys. Are we having fun yet? Come on, it's Christmas. We're so happy to host you tonight on Christmas Eve. And we need about 30, 45 seconds to get about 100 people off this stage. So just, I know you already kind of meeted and greeted each other earlier uh, with uh, Daniel, but just take a second. And just uh, talk to the person next to you. Maybe say your favorite Christmas joke or something like that. And then we'll move forward with the service. Thanks, guys. everyone how are you my goodness <clears throat> I know somebody asked me about the song we just sang and it's uh, by a group called uh, this is a weird name but it's the name of their band future of forestry and they're a local they used to live here locally but they wrote that song and that's just beautiful love came down earth stood still my gosh that's kind of the whole story isn't it that's why we're here tonight right Merry Christmas to all of you so good you came uh, this is one of my favorite nights of the, of, the, of the year, just being in the room with you and being together and encouraging one another. But I, I come tonight to clear up a couple of controversial things uh, that I've been carrying all day, and I just feel like I have a responsibility as your pastor to clear up a couple of controversial things about Christmas, all right? One, uh, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, all right? <laughs> it was released in the summer. It was a summer release. So, <laughs> so let's just get that over with. Stop talking about that. And uh, the second thing is, Mary did know. 
Gabriel told her everything, all right? So I don't know why we're singing that song. We're not going to sing that song ever again. Mary knew everything. Gabriel told her. All right, I'll maybe come back next Sunday and I'll clear up some more controversies, all right? Or create some. I don't know. So turn in your Bible. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9. I want to talk about something that everyone in this room, including myself, everyone watching online, we got a lot of people who are watching online, we're all chasing the same thing. We're all looking for the same thing. Some of us have found it, some of us are searching, we're seeking, but we're all looking for the same stuff. We're looking for peace. We're, we're, we're living in an anxious, broken world, right? I mean, I, this is my 16th Christmas Eve service. 16 years in a row, I've stood on this stage in front of you, and it seems like every single year I stand up here having to apologize for how broken the messy of the world is. It's not getting any better, it doesn't seem. And yet, our anxiety levels, our levels of fear and anxiety, worry, doubt, it seems like at an all-time high. So how do, we, how do we settle this? It's not good for us to live with constant anxiety, right? It's not good for us to live in a perpetual state of fear and worry. It's just not good for the human soul to live like that. So what's, what's the solution? It's the Prince of Peace. And I want to read to you out of the book of Isaiah, but the reason I, I love the book of Isaiah is it seems like that this particular Hebrew prophet had a special ability to look ahead, to see ahead. He had more to say about the Messiah than any of the other prophets combined, all of them combined. It just seemed like that when Isaiah went into his personal prayer closet that the Holy Spirit would show him things about Jesus a couple of thousand years before Jesus showed up. And in Isaiah 9, it, the, 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 that particular chapter, it says that people were walking in the dark and they saw a great light. Isn't that kind of where we are in 2023? A people walking in the darkness, looking for a light? And Isaiah saw this time. He saw the time of Jesus' birth. He knew that when the Messiah would show up, that the world would be a mess, and it was. The Roman Empire was wreaking havoc over the Mediterranean region. People were in slavery, they were in bondage, they were being brutally slaughtered. There was oppression everywhere. If you were not a Roman, you were being oppressed. And the, the Jewish people felt it. They felt it deep in their soul. They were being held as slaves again. They had been rescued out of Egypt, brought into their promised land, and here they are again, living in slavery under an oppressive military regime. There they were hoping for peace, hoping the Messiah would bring them something that they could not find anywhere else. And this is what Isaiah said about Jesus. In verse 6, he says, for to us a child will be born, is born. Can you imagine reading this for the first time? You say, wait, wait, wait. All the problems in the world are going to be solved by a baby. Yeah, he's going to come. God's going to leave heaven and come to the earth, be born of a virgin. And a, really a backwaters outpost of the Roman Empire. Nobody thought about Bethlehem in Rome. I mean, it was, a, it was a, an outpost. It was a, a wasted spot. Nobody wanted to go there, and yet there would be born a baby that would threaten the very power of the Roman Empire 300 years later. That's amazing, right? To a child is born. To us, a son is given. John would write in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his, what, only son. That's what Isaiah said. He's going to send us a son given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. And I sure hope he's right about that one. And he'll be, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Then he says this, he's, he will be the Prince of Peace. Now leave that up for a moment, because that word prince, 
He's, he's not saying that Jesus is just a giver of peace. He is. He is a giver of peace. What he's saying when he says Prince of Peace, he says, no, all peace starts with him. All peace is under his control. He, he's the reason peace exists. He's the essence of peace. He is the inventor, the keeper, the giver of all peace. What he's saying is you can't find peace anywhere else except from the Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. Can somebody say amen to that? Can we long and hope tonight? All of creation is groaning, hoping for that to be true. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, here we are tonight celebrating the birth, the arrival, the advent of your son. We are so thankful that you saw fit to send us a savior, a hope, a peace. Father, tonight I pray that these words would pierce our soul, that peace would come in and flood our souls like a river tonight. I pray every person in this room and everyone watching online would be met face to face tonight with the Prince of Peace. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let me tell you what this peace is, okay? I, I've worked all week long trying to tell people what peace is. Peace is this sense of tranquility, of well-being, a feeling that all is well even when it's not. And it makes, it makes really Christian people a very peculiar people on the planet because no matter what's happening, war breaking out, disease and pestilence, whatever it is, we find ourselves as the carriers of joy and peace even in a muddied world. Even in a world that's gone awry, we are the people who embody and carry the peace of Jesus everywhere we go. The Prince of Peace, I know him. And he has granted me this indescribable gift of peace. But life is not always peaceful. We know that, right? Life can be a combination of pandemonium, confusion, bedlam, anarchy, complete turmoil. And for moms of little babies, that's a Tuesday, right? That's what Tuesday feels like. I just said that joke at, at 2 o'clock, and this lady walked up to me. She's got three littles and another on the way. She goes, that's, that's true. That was Tuesday. <laughs> it's exactly right. Life doesn't always add up. Life doesn't always make sense. But we do always have one thing constant for us. We have peace. Peace comes to us. Peace is with us. Peace is around us, in front of us, behind us, above us, and below us. Let me just show you these three categories of peace. All right? just, I hope this helps make sense for where I'm going. And there's three real categories, and they're in or this order for a reason. And the first thing we have to have, we have to settle this issue in our soul. We have to have peace with God, a peace with our maker. Listen, I have really good news for you tonight. God has already made up his mind. He has gone to extravagant measures to forgive every one of us. This is really good news. All the sins of yesterday, and there was a bunch of them, some of you sins of today, maybe you've already kind of messed up today, all the sins we're going to commit tomorrow and the days ahead, they've all been forgiven. We just sang this song about how disruptive grace is in our lives. When you really understand how much you're loved, how much you're known, how much God sees you and loves you and cares for you and has a plan for you. You've gotta settle this in your heart. Who is Lord of your life? Who is king of your soul? Who is who's the overseer, the caretaker of your life? As for me and my house, Jesus is king at our house. Christ is Lord. I found him when I was 21 years old, a confused and angry college student looking at my life and I knew that my life was headed to a dark place and the Lord found me. Even when I was not looking for him, he came and found me and I found peace with the Lord, which leads to the second thing, peace with yourself. Listen, I, I, I want 2024, I just wanna challenge you with something. 
Would you let 2024 be the year that you're kind to yourself? I know this sounds like, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, not a counselor, I'm a pastor, but I do know the destructive nature, what happens, how unkind we are to ourselves, how hard we are on ourselves when we make a mistake. And you need to get into a habit of affirming who you are. I am, I'm not perfect, I'm imperfect, I, I mess up sometimes, but I do know this for a fact. I've been adopted into his family. I'm in the palm of his hand. No power of hell and no scheme of man can take me from the palm of his hand. And I have grace when I make a mistake. I have forgiveness when I ask for it. And I believe that about myself. I believe I am called and chosen and established by him to do what I'm doing. Listen, it's okay to be okay with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be at peace with yourself. Be okay with who you are and be okay with who you're not. That's really important. And at 56 and almost 57 years old, I am arriving at that conclusion that I am okay. By the way, this is not a dad bod, it's a father figure. See, this is how you're nice to each other, okay? This is how you're kind to each other. I have a six pack, but it's well hidden. Peace, peace with God, peace with yourself. And only then, when those two things are lined up, only then can you have peace with other people. You know what's happening? The reason our world is arguing and fighting one or so much anger in our culture, because people really aren't okay with themselves and they're far away from God. So it's impossible to live at peace with other people if you don't have those first two things lined out. Pam and I were with a couple just recently and we had a two hour meeting with them and there was some hard things that we discussed, some stories that we had to share that were difficult. And I walked away from them and I said, Pam, you know what I love about those people? They are a people of peace. They were peaceful and we, I could say what I needed to say to them. They could say what they needed to say to me. And the reason it was a civil and kind and actually a joyful time together is because they are at peace with themselves. They're at peace with God, which allows them to be at peace with me. Peace is powerful. Peace is necessary. Here's a thing I want to share, just a couple of things about peace. Peace is an umpire to me. Peace is, is a, it, it, literally the way I make decisions, and I make a thousand decisions a year for the sake of the church, for my family, like, like the rest of you do. But peace is an umpire to me. Listen to this, Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule. That word rule is really important. Let it be established. Let it run your life, in other words. Let peace run your life. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Listen to this, since as members, of one body you were called to peace, and listen to this, and be thankful. Listen, when was the last time you just sat down with somebody that knows you and loves you, somebody that knows who you are, and just face to face over a cup of coffee just shared with each other how blessed you are, how good God's been to you. And listen, I've looked back, this past, this past year has been really difficult a lot of times. We've had a lot of celebration around here as well, but man, the Lord's been faithful to us. God's been faithful to our church. God's been faithful to our city. God's been faithful everywhere around us. And the reason is we let peace rule. The word rule means to arbitrate, to govern, to umpire. Peace wants to umpire our decisions. For example, you get to a place, and some of you are in this spot right now, where you're having to make a decision. You have two choices, maybe three or four choices, and none of them are necessarily bad or wrong. And you're trying to hear the Lord's voice. You're saying, Lord, what should I do? Where should I go? Where should I live? What job should I have? Whatever decisions in front of you. Here's what I've been doing now for almost 35 years. I get to that place and I take it to the Lord and I say, Father in heaven, I need to know your peace. I need the peace of the Lord to umpire. 
And I'll start praying and I'll start listening. I'll start journaling. I'll start writing. And suddenly one of those things, one of those things, there's a peace that settles over a particular decision. And I say yes to the thing that brings me peace. See, once you realize the peace of the Lord, once you value the peace of God in your life, it begins to help you make a decision. Have you ever made a decision because you felt peace? And this was the umpire of peace at work in your life. This, this, when you allow that peace to umpire your thoughts, you're giving peace final authority. Here's the second thing, it's birthed by prayer. You can't have peace without prayer. Prayerless people is not a peaceful people. A peaceful people always are a prayerful people. I wanna encourage you that this year as you go in and you're about to you know, spend next week making, you know, you're about to make resolutions that you're not going to do. I know you're gonna work out hard for that first week and a half. No carbs or sugar until like January 10th. It's gonna be a brutal stretch. <laughs> but one thing you can do, you can commit back every day to coming into his presence with prayer. Prayer, listen to this, Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about much. Anything. I mean, is that even possible? I mean, it's in the Bible. It's, it says it's true. But obviously God's not a Broncos fan because you can't be anxious about anything. <laughs> Come on. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. You notice that's the second time we've seen that. Second time we've seen that thanksgiving, being, being thankful is a part of being peaceful. It says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen, when you do this, when you're in his presence and you're talking to God and God is speaking to you, here's the promise. Verse seven is a powerful promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, your in-laws are in town for another 48 hours. If you can't be prayerful now, you'll never be prayerful. Come on, don't look at them. This is the awkward moment. Stare straight ahead. Some of you are going to need some prayer time the next couple of days, right? You're going to need some intercession. You're going to be a godly person. You're going to get, listen, it will pass. I promise you, they'll be back at Easter or whatever. You can make it. But listen, you can either choose to worry or you can choose to pray. I, I just, I cannot live with anxiety. I can't live with it. So I choose to come into his presence. I choose to be thankful. I choose to lift it, give it to the Lord. Listen, you can bring all of your anxiety into the church every single Sunday. We're open next Sunday too. We'll be open the Sunday after that. Bring all of it into the building. Just leave it here. Don't take it out with you. You can either choose to worry or choose to pray. Prayer is surrendering myself. Prayer is admitting that I'm not in control. Prayer is saying, I'm not God. I've tried to be God. I'm lousy at it. I'm not qualified, but I, I lay my life down before the Lord in surrender when I pray. Prayer is being thankful and grateful for all that's right in my world. Prayer is giving our concerns to the umpire and then trusting that he's going to lead us. Here's the last thing I'll be through in just a moment, okay? Peace is a blessing from God, it's a gift. Psalm 29, says, the Lord gives strength to his people. I love this passage. And the Lord blesses his people with peace. You know what the word blessing is? like a gift. Tonight, we're gonna do, uh, in about, I don't know, a couple hours from now, we're gonna do the same thing that we've been doing for about 20 straight Christmas Eves at my house. When I left my house at 11 a.m., there was about a five-pound pot roast in the slow cooker. It, I can smell it from here. I actually went outside, I can smell it. It's, it's that good. Come drive through Briargate in about 15 minutes. 
that pot roast. It's got little carrots and potatoes and gravy. We put gravy on everything today and tomorrow, and then most other days. But tomorrow, so have gravy. We'll eat tonight. Abram and Callie will come over. We'll have, we'll have a great meal together, and then we'll, we'll exchange some gifts. My kids are adults now, so they're buying me stuff. That's kind of fun. It won't be expensive, but it'll be nice. It'll be thoughtful. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? After we eat together and after we kind of talk about the day and we exchange gifts, you know what I'm going to do when they bring it today? I'm going I'm to hold my hands out like this. I'm going to look them in the eye because I know they love me and I love them. And they went to some thought and some care. And they did spend their own money. Up until the last couple of years, they spent my money to buy me gifts. <laughs> but now they're spending their money to buy me gifts. It's thoughtful. It means something. You know what you do when someone offers you a gift like that? You receive it. And you're grateful for it. You say, thank you. And so tonight, this is exactly what Jesus is about to do. Jesus is about to make you an offer. If you brought anxiety or worry and fear into the room, I'm glad you came tonight. Because you know, a lot of times, that's just an excuse not to come to church. But you brought it with you. Now the Lord wants to make a great exchange tonight. He wants to take that from you and give you back this beautiful gift of peace. And it is a divine gift. I can't give it to you. Your friends can't give it to you. It's a gift from Jesus himself to you. I want you to stand with me tonight. We're gonna, in just a moment, we're gonna light the candles. We'll take that candle with you if you brought, that you got when you walked in. And we're gonna pray together. Now this is uh, the most dangerous part of the Christmas Eve service. You're about to hand your child an open flame. <laughs> so please, uh, be a good parent for the next 10 minutes. Last year, this is a true story, a man with a really nice full beard didn't realize how close his beard was getting to the candle, and we could smell the burned hair in the building. So for all you men that have grown a really great beard, just go, go, go easy right now, right? I'm not worried about the building because it's paid for finally. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. As you light your candle, I want you to hold that flame, that light out in front of you. And I want you to pray first for yourself. I think the airlines have it right. You need to put your own mask on first before you try to help others. I want you to pray for peace over your life. I want you to say to the Lord, I, I receive this gift of peace. I receive it. I need it. I receive it. I have preached this sermon three times and I needed to hear it all three times tonight. I'm preaching to myself. I need this peace. I need the peace that passes all understanding. I need this peace to guard my heart and guard my soul. Would you just pray that over yourself right now? Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. This is your moment where you can say yes to the scandal of grace, an amazing grace. The forgiveness of the Lord is yours tonight if you ask for it. And then the second thing I want you to pray, I want you to hold up that candle. I want you to pray peace over the earth. Pray peace over the conflict that we see raging in the Middle East. Pray peace over the conflict that we see happening in Ukraine. Pray peace over the world. Whatever area of the world is troubling to you, tonight we have the power to pray. We have the power to proclaim peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Can we do that together as we sing? Let's sing together.
standing here in the darkness the light is coming in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 it says a people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep shadows light has come for unto us a child has been born and unto us a son has been given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor he will be called Mighty God. He will be called Everlasting Father and he will be called Prince of Peace. And so now we need to pray. Some of you have got friends in the room who need Jesus to bring healing to their bodies. Would you just begin to pray for healing in this room? Lord, we pray tonight that you would drive out sickness and disease and bring the comfort and the healing of your spirit to your people. We pray for long life for your people. I have friends that I know are struggling in mental health battles right now. I pray shalom over your mind. I pray for sweet sleep. Come on, church, would you pray, Lord, Prince of Peace. I know some of you are in financial crisis right now. You need God's provision. We pray that heaven would be opened over you and all of your people, and that this year you would find God's miraculous provision. 
For those of you who are feeling alone right now, I pray that you would sense God's nearness and the nearness of the people close to you. Tonight, we rebuke fear in Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? And we receive the peace that passes all understanding. And so for my friends tonight, Lord, I pray, bless them and keep them. And make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, would you lift your bright, smiling countenance upon your people and would you grant us shalom tonight, your peace, we pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. You may extinguish your candle. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to join us this Christmas Eve. I say to you tonight, Merry Christmas and go from here in all of God's grace and peace. Much love to you.